Do you understand your mission? Well, I to Antonio's kingdom and boop, 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 gather intelligence. Yes, but boop, secretly. Well, I never boop any other way. Good, better boop, boop. Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog the... Uh, sorry, I just spit all over my mouth. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> no! That can't be the intro. It's gotta be now. It's gotta be. Damn it! I was trying to work through it, I was, but I like, I just like kind of like spit, like a little extra bit of spit just came out of my mouth Woo! during the intro and landed on my lip and I was just trying to like power through, just power through, but I couldn't, I fucking felt it, I had to stop. And now this is the intro, hello! Now it's the intro. This is a podcast that seeks to catalog all the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am your host, Christy, and I'm joined by my friend, no. Bree. <laughs> Oh no, I'm Christy. How, how dare you? <laughs> oh my god. Happy New Year. Start. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, welcome we're f- back. We're full of beans today. We're full of beans. And what, what better way to start the new year than a return to our beloved Swan Princess franchise? We oh. are taking a look. At the seventh entrant in the Swan Princess series, this is the Swan Princess royally undercover. Oh, was that what the what the subtitle was? I just know it was. I I knew it was Swan Princess Seven, but I didn't actually look up what the. Uh, oh yeah. The secondary title was royally undercover. You say. Yeah. Okay. I gotta tell you, I was real bamboozled for for a. A good chunk of this film as to what the actual <laughs> plot was. Yeah, no, this one, um, this, this story does not make sense. And yet, <laughs> and yet, not the worst story. No, not you know. Not the most incomprehensible story. No, it's, it's like, this was in Swan Princess fashion. A, a ridiculous little fucking romp. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I remember uh, when this film came out. Because actually, because you, I don't, did you look up the the DVD cover for this film? Or no. Like, oh my god. Hold on. We gotta, we gotta do this live. Cause Brie, oh boy. Oh boy. It's, it's just magnificent. Um. Because if you remember, like, the last movie we looked at was uh, the pirate one, and this yes. one... Oh. It's just, it's the... If, if, if you... For our, uh, for our listeners, it's basically Princess Elise and Lucas, the kid that she meets in the princess one, mm-hmm. and they're crossing their arms and they got... They got cool sunglasses on. Yeah. Everybody's got cool shades on, even though cool Dead, who's shades. in the background. Who doesn't do anything reason. in this movie. No, she does not. <laughs> but I just remember walking through a Costco one day and seeing this DVD with these cool kids in their <laughs> cool shades. 
And and here's the thing. I don't have a Costco membership, but my mother does. And so I was with her. And so I had to go to my mother and I was like, "Mother, please, may may we buy this? Um, I will give you I will give you the money back, but you need to buy this with your Costco card." For me. <laughs> please, mother. I please. need Swan Princess 7. Please, mother, I need this DVD with these kids wearing their cool shades. I think there I think there was like a bath towel. I remember there being some uh, weird products. Oh, probably. On the Swan the official Swan Princess website. But I just remember they were just like they were just they kept reusing those images of the characters wearing sunglasses. And I think it just stands out to me because it's just they are very modern yeah. hair sunglasses. It's well, as we as we learn as we have learned, but especially as we see in this film um swan princess does not give 10 hot shits about um anachronistic things at all no i i think we've we've officially reached the point in this movie like we kind of had a few things here and there in the previous films like yeah even going so far back as to the first film the princesses on parade sequence was yeah kind of like a fun like anachronistic thing but for the most part, the rest of the series, I think, tried to keep within this medieval, vaguely medievalish setting. And then Rogers invented electricity uh-huh. in the Christmas movie. That oh, was kind of yes, like... that's true. He did in- invent electricity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... that, so there was that. But then it was kind of quiet for a little bit. But now they're just like fuck it, Rogers is now like a spy gadget genius, and yeah. and we're gonna do, basically, we're gonna have, like, it's, it's kind of like magic, but it's science. Yeah. It, air quotes, science. Yeah. You just press a button on a bow tie, and it magically changes your clothes in an instant. It's the, it's we're, we're totally, totally spies gadgets over here. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about it. It doesn't that have to make that... sense. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Oh. This this movie is like it's fun. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it is absolutely a mess. But it is like it's it's a mess in such a way that like there's parts of it where I was legitimately like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, is, is that the cat from the Christmas film? What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. We'll 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 get into specifics later, but oh. there were there were a few things in this one that just like the weird just weird tone shifts. Yeah. All over the place. Um Do you do you we... wanna take us away on, on a on a summary? Christy. Sure. Let's let's get into the summaries that we could get into the discussion. So, yeah, because there's many things I wish to say, but I don't want to jump ahead just yet. Yes, that sounds good. So let's get into it for our first summary recap of the season with Swan Princess royally undercover.
The movie begins at night in a small village in the kingdom of Trumbow, which was built at the foot of a large wooden dam. A mysterious figure tampers with the dam, creating a small leak before disappearing into the night. The next morning, Derek and Odette are in the village to sign a trade agreement with the king. There they meet the dashing Count Antonio of Borromeo, and soon after the dam begins to break. Everyone manages to escape just in time, but the village is completely decimated in the flood. Count Antonio proposes to Derek and Odette that their respective kingdoms should raise money to help rebuild the village, to which Derek and Odette agree. Soon afterwards, Uberta's kingdom has amassed a large amount of donations, which for the time being are safely stored away in the castle treasury. Count Antonio stops by to see how the donations are coming, and he and Uberta meet, with Uberta falling head over heels in love. Your Majesty, Count Antonio of Borromeo, at your service. You're so pleased to meet me. Oh, indeed. Derek didn't tell me that you could pass for his sister. <laughs> Seriously? She and Antonio begin a romance, but all is not as it seems, as Princess Elise accidentally overhears Antonio admitting to his chauffeur that he doesn't actually love Uberta. Queen Uberta has fallen in love with you. She can't possibly think I would marry her. You know me, I'm a flirt. <gasps> Elise tells Lord Rogers what she heard, and Lord Rogers, who is extremely jealous of Uberta and Antonio's romance, decides that Antonio must be investigated so that they can prove that he's up to no good. Lord Rogers invites Elise and Lucas, Elise's friend from the previous film, to his secret lair, which is filled with various spy inventions. Rogers outfits the two children with spy gear and tasks them with secretly investigating Antonio's home kingdom. Rogers concocts a plan to send Elise and Lucas to Borromeo under the guise of delivering a shipment of toys to Trumbo, which hits a snag when Antonio volunteers his chauffeur for the task of driving them there. While on the road, Elise and Lucas end up using some of their spy gear to elude the chauffeur, and they begin making their way to Borromeo on foot. Antonio's chauffeur returns to Uberta's castle and tells Antonio what happened with the kids, and in conversation, Antonio reveals himself as the perpetrator behind the Trumbo Flood. Antonio caused the flood so that Uberta's kingdom would gather donations, sending them by sea to Trumbo, where Antonio would secretly hijack the ship and steal all of the gold. Now those little brats will nose around and figure out everything! Everything was going perfectly. The flood, the rescue, the flirting! The only thing left was hijacking Uberta's ship at sea! But now I have to change my plan! Get back to Borromeo, and make sure those little pests never come back! Meanwhile, Elise and Lucas arrive in Borromeo. Eventually, they find themselves at the castle, where they manage to meet with Borromeo's king, King Sebastian, and the Marquis Niccolo, who vouch for Antonio's integrity. After leaving the castle, Elise and Lucas run into Puffin, one of Odette's animal friends, who Lord Rogers sent on ahead to scout things out. With him is number nine, Rothbard's cat henchman from a previous film, who, as it turns out, has been adopted by King Sebastian. Number nine disagrees with the king's assessment of Antonio's integrity, and, after some convincing, leads the group to the docks where a group of men, under Antonio's orders, work to hide gold and other items stolen by Antonio in previous schemes. They observe his men working on a secret invention for Antonio, but are unfortunately soon after discovered and captured. Elise and Lucas are visited in their prison by Marquis Niccolo, 
who reveals that he's in league with Antonio. You're one of them? If only you hadn't interfered. But now, well, now you'll never leave this place. What? You're a traitor! <laughs> Antonio and I have a deal. I manage the king, and then, when Antonio comes back, I get your grandmom's gold. After Niccolo gloats, Elise and Lucas use their spy gear to escape. While all of this is going on, back at Uberta's castle, Lord Rogers is attempting to prevent Antonio from proposing to Uberta. Rogers uses a prosthetic mask to impersonate Uberta and turn down Antonio's proposal, but he gets caught red-handed by Uberta herself, who not only accepts Antonio's proposal, she also immediately hands over to him the keys to the castle, including the one for the casual treasury. While Rogers is bemoaning his failure, he gets a coded message from Lucas and Elise, sent via Puffin, that implores him to check the castle treasury. Rogers does so, only to see that Antonio used the keys to help himself to the donations, and that Antonio has already escaped on his ship. Rogers reveals everything to Derek and Odette, including how the kids are in Borromeo. Derek sets sail after Antonio's ship, with a jilted and extremely vengeful Uberta coming along for the ride. Give it time, Uberta. Time is the best remedy for a broken heart. <laughs> it's true. Time and... Revenge! Back in Borromeo, Niccolo secretly takes King Sebastian hostage and brings him to Antonio's hideout at the docks, where he tells the king that Antonio plans on becoming the new king once he returns. Niccolo plans to meet Antonio in his secret invention, a small submarine that can dock to the hull of Antonio's ship while still underwater. Unbeknownst to Niccolo, Lucas and Elise have taken the submarine for themselves and use it to sneak onto Antonio's ship. They quietly begin loading all of Uberta's gold in the submarine, but just as they're finishing up, Antonio discovers them. Antonio captures Lucas, and Lucas implores Elise to escape while she can. She does so, and Antonio begins firing cannonballs at the fleeing submarine. Thankfully at this moment, Derek's boat catches up to Antonio's, and the two begin to duel. Derek gains the upper hand and seemingly disarms Antonio, but Antonio launches a sneak attack which is deflected by Elise, who returns just in the nick of time. Antonio manages to escape in a rowboat, which is witnessed by Niccolo on shore through a pair of binoculars. Niccolo then gets surrounded by King Sebastian's guards, where it's revealed that King Sebastian was aware of his and Antonio's treachery all along, and was just plain dumb so that he could catch them in the act to prove their guilt. Back in Uberta's kingdom, Rogers and Uberta make up, with Uberta even proposing to Rogers, which goes nowhere, so never mind. Meanwhile, Lucas is throwing a huge celebration. Not that I'm bitter or anything, but, you know. No. No. Um, meanwhile, Lucas is throwing a huge celebration to recognize his heroism in protecting Elise from Antonio. The film draws to a close, but not before showing us that Antonio's rowboat has washed up on the aisle of the Manning Bogs from the previous film. Hello? Hello? Meet. The return of Bog's Kitchen! <laughs> the end, I guess? The 
I get, I guess, for now. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, so yes, there was, I have in my notes many times, oh, this is just Christie's OTP, the movie. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing, though. Um, in the uh-huh. past, yes, I have been fully on board for the Lord Rogers Uberta ship, but I have uh-huh. to admit, after rewatching this film, my faith has kind of been shaken a bit. Um, oh, really? Yeah, like I... I thought it was, like, it was kind of funny at first to see how jealous Rogers was. And it was a logical bit of business to give him. And up to a point, I'm very sympathetic with Rogers. Like, there is a moment early on in the film where he tries to convince Derek and Odette that Antonio is literally the devil. Yeah, Um, he he definitely does. (laughs) And it's... It's played for laughs because at this point the audience we haven't we haven't seen proof that Antonio is a bad dude. And so it just kinda ends that scene ends with Rogers like pitifully kinda like getting all sad because he's just so desperate to like he's so sad that Uberta is showing this affection to somebody else. Yeah. You know, like But after <laughs> After that oh, goes on for a bit. Yeah. After after Elise reports back to him about what she heard Antonio saying, that he just was, like, gonna flirt with Uberta and has no intentions of actually marrying her, doesn't actually love her. My sympathy for Roger starts to go away, because at that point, he (laughs) enlists two children to do his bidding and spy on his romantic rival, sending them on the most dangerous parts of the mission while he stays behind at the castle to creep on Uberta and Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I get that it's it's clearly a contrivance because it's a kids' film and they want it to mm-hmm. revolve around the kids having an adventure, but yeah. also, <laughs> it's, it's Rogers. What are you doing? Yeah, it's like you're supposed to be the smart one, and you're sending th- these two very young children. These you're two just like ten year olds go investigate this this kingdom that. We don't know what's going to happen. I, I, like, he strongly feels that Antonio is up to no good. So he, like, why would you send them unsupervised to, just, here's, here's the thing. Logically, it should have been the reverse. Rogers should have made up some excuse to go to Borromeo himself so that he could investigate Antonio there. And he asked the kids to run interference back at the castle until he can find something out. And then, while Rogers is in Borromeo, he can run afoul of Niccolo during his investigation and get captured, but not before sending Elise and Lucas a coded message. And maybe the message gets interrupted so they don't actually know the full story, just that Rogers has been captured in Borromeo. And then at that point, you can write it so that it's the kid's (laughs) decision to go to Borromeo by themselves and try and save Rogers. Like, yeah, you know, and, and then it's two young kids making a bad choice that puts himself in danger, and not, <laughs> and not an old man who should know better. I like that you've thought this out. I like that you've uh, you've rewritten this so that it's <laughs> so that it makes to save Roger poor Rogers. Uh, yeah, character. Like he, he just comes off as just like an idiot in this one, and it makes me not like him. Like, why? <laughs> it's just, it's so weird. Why would you send these two children into danger like that? 
you jerk. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, what were they, even if things went entirely to plan, like, what were they going to do for, like, food and, and housing while they were there? Like what if well, they got no cuz the, their whole plan was that they would take a diversion not like they wouldn't be going alone they'd be going with like some staff from the castle i imagine but it got derailed and they went alone because uh Bruno the chauffeur yeah. was like oh yeah no i'll take them i'll take them for sure i'll take them no problem um yeah so they had to they had to improvise which, like, I guess they would have, like, if if Bruno hadn't volunteered, some other member of the staff would have gone, and it would have been the adventure, the spy adventures of Elise Lucas and and the annoying cook who just gets dragged along. Oh my god, the cook that serves no no purpose in the beginning of the film, except to threaten Count Antonio <laughs> with butcher knives. <laughs> Like, threatened to murder him for, for buying all this spice yeah. that doesn't come up. The whole part, the whole first part of the film, before the credits, like, the, the opening credits is like, we're going to this little kingdom, and it's where this one spice grows. And the cook's coming along because, I don't know, fuck it. And he's really fucking stoked on this spice. Mm-hmm. And you get there. And it turns out Count Antonio has purchased all the spice, and that really fucking pisses off the cook, who tries yeah. to, like, ruin the, the, the trade agreement, and then also, <laughs> like, threatens to murder Count Antonio in the street. Yeah, this is- this And that's is, it. That's it. Then it's over. <laughs> and then you never see him again. Yeah, it's amazing. He He literally, he interrupts a trade agreement- so that he could he 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 starts trying to demand to Derek that Antonio must be stopped. You can't let him buy all of the spice, even though the scene that came before that was Count Antonio generously giving all of his bought spice to Derek and Odette. Yeah. So like, they already had a shipment of spice that they were being given, but that wasn't enough for the cook. My father spoke of you often. And he would be so pleased to know we're signing an agreement today. Derek! What's his Tonio but all the Apollonia? You can't let him do it, Derek! I, 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 I mean, I imagine it's there to sort of plant the seed of doubt in the children's heads like maybe count antonio is is evil he's a bad guy if, if you have eyes and you have seen a movie before you know that he's a villain as soon as you see him cuz you're like yeah i don't know what it is about this man but he's uh he's clearly a bad guy yeah it's like a weird i i don't know it's the magic of movies where it's like this guy who is he's just he does nothing wrong he just like he shows up and he's very like, you know, j- jovial and and courteous to Derek and Odette. But you still know you're like, okay, this is the we just saw a dude blow up a dam. This is yeah. This is like a brand new character of the film. It's him. We know yeah, it's it's, him. it's clearly him. It's, also, it's very clearly. Also, it's revealed and like it's not even mentioned which i kind of love but also it's super weird like the the guy who 
who blows up the dam. He's like wearing a mask and stuff like that. But you see his hand and he takes off mm. his glove and he's got like half of his, I think it's his last, like his pinky and his ring finger are mechanical. Yeah, yeah. Like he has and half a mechanical hand. Yeah, and the way the film lingers on this characteristic, at first you're kind of led to believe that it's going to be used to reveal his identity later on. Um, and of course, like, <laughs> To mention, right after that, we get an introduced to Count Antonio, who wears white gloves. So, in a competent yeah. film, you would think that maybe Lucas and Elise are going to uncover clues. Like, maybe there's, like, claw marks on the dam that they find later came out from a mechanical hand or something. And then, and then of course, you can build up to a dramatic reveal where... Uh, you you reveal Antonio's connection to the dam by dramatically removing his glove, and you see like his his metal hand. You know, yeah. Like I I can picture in my head a scene where Antonio is standing at the altar about to marry Uberta, but then he gets ungloved, and it's and it's like, <gasps> oh no! Oh my gosh! His uh, part of his hand is missing. He's he's the bad guy. Yeah. Um. Instead, the hand is revealed in a kind of blink and you'll miss it moment where uh, Antonio <laughs> takes off his glove to slap Bruno after Bruno returns and reveals that the kids ran off to yeah. Romeo. Like it's, and it's, it's not it's not even like focused in shot. He takes his glove off to smack his chauffeur with it. And mm. but like you would think that that would be like, oh, they're they're showing you, but no. And then he immediately is just yeah. like, I didn't, I, I, it was my plan, and I also broke the dam, and I did it, blah blah blah. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh, okay. What was the point of the hand then? Yeah, in in the exact same breath, he's going, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just if you were just it's... gonna tell us. Why would you show? Why would you have that? Why? I yeah, mean, it's like cool. It, I liked the design of his weird mechanical hand. Yeah, it's just, it's so weird. Because again, the way the movie portrays it at the beginning of the film, it really wants you to remember it. It's yeah. this how the scene laid out. It was specifically animated to show us this hand and be like, hey, audience, remember this for later. So for them to deliberately do that and then not follow up on it, it was just very confusing. It's very weird. Especially because this movie's gimmick is that it's a quote-unquote spy movie. Yeah. <laughs> and there's... I th the spy thing was 100% just to be like, let's give these kids cool gadgets. Yeah, which like, okay, I could see like that's like a fun, like, you know, a fun bit of business. Give them something sure. to do that's unique from the previous films. Okay, I guess. But if you're going to do that, like, why not, like, make Antonio's mechanical hand do some fun gadgety things? Yeah, it's something more than nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, like, it just, it just feels like a wasted opportunity. Like, he could have had, like, some, I don't know, again, there could have been some fun stuff where... Like, yeah, again, maybe he and Uberta actually get to the point where they're at the altar and about to get married and all this shit goes down. And maybe he could use the mechanical hand to, like, I don't know, he takes Uberta hostage. And maybe there's this dramatic moment where Rogers has to save Uberta using his 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 gadgets. And it's like a big, like, like heroic moment for Rogers. And it reaffirms my love of this OTP. <laughs> 
And I, yet, alas. And yet, alas. I, I don't know if it was maybe meant to be, like, kind of a reference to some of the old James Bond movies where the villains often had, like, a, a, a quirk or a gimmick to them. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that would make yeah. sense. I just, I don't know. Such I a guess. Missed, missed opportunity. Like Truly. I kind of think it's... So stick with me here, but there's okay. There's, there's a small bit in the Incredibles movie that I that I I like where Mister Incredible he's getting out of his car, but he slips and he catches himself. Uh, like he grabs onto the car and he catches yeah. himself from falling yeah. because of course, but because he has super strength, he dents the he car. He yeah he accidentally crushes it in his hands. You could have had a moment like that. Where maybe Antonio accidentally uses his mechanical hand on something and the kids witness it and they're like, oh my god, like, how did he just, like, crush that thing in his hand? And that's, you know, like, little seeds like that, that they're just, like, actually spying on Antonio and collecting intelligence to then use yeah. against him? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot they could have, there's a lot they could have done because they used nothing at all. Yeah, it was, like, there's just, like, a brief scene where after they arrive in Borromeo, they go to the docks, and they, because Antonio, at one point, he's bragging to Uberta about all of the aid that he's already sent to Trumbo, and he's like, oh yeah, I've sent, like, five ships or whatever, and so the kids go, and they see that no ships owned by Antonio or sent by Antonio have left the docks. Which and is that's like, like that's a good little bit of business. Yeah. But it also it just felt like a weird like they do that and then they go to the castle right after and that's where they meet King Sebastian and then Elise for some reason instead of like once she meets with him she doesn't go hey I'm very suspicious about your Count Antonio um here's some lies that we've caught him in already instead she she like makes up this fake story. I don't know. I guess it's not fake. It's not fake because she, she, she's like, I'm. I'm concerned that he's going to like break my grandmother's heart. Yeah. So she just like asks him, asks the king, "Do you trust Antonio?" But it's just a weird thing because they've started collecting evidence to see that he's not a good dude, including Antonio himself telling Bruno, "I don't actually love you, Berta. I just like to flirt." Haha. <laughs> Teehee. And then the king just tells her, oh yes, he's a good guy. And then Elise is like, oh, well, he's a good guy then. Okay, never mind. But like, Elise, what about what he said that you overheard? What about the do the ships? There being no record of the ships. Don't worry about it. The king says he's a good guy. Yeah, they, she was completely she was completely willing to accept that he was a good guy because the king said so, and it wasn't until number nine was like, no, he's he's bad news. That she was like, oh, right, right, yeah, okay. Let's continue the investigation. I can't believe they brought back the cat <laughs> from the Christmas special. I was excited. I'm I, so happy. I think I, think oh. I remember in when we discussed the Christmas special, I remember you talking about... <laughs> how much you loved him and I had to be yeah. I didn't want to spoil anything so I had to be quiet oh he was the best character and then he comes back and I'm like yeah <laughs> there he is 
That he's shitty just... cat from the Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's kind of great because he he gets involved in the plot because they basically like kind of like guilt trip him into it. It's like you almost like destroyed Christmas. You need to help us out a bit here to make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so good cuz I guess he made his way to to this kingdom and like the king was like, "Oh, this this shitty little cat. I love him." I love him so much. His name yeah. is Sebastian now. No, it's oh no, Jasper. Sebastian's the king. His name's Jasper. Yeah, Jasper. I've na- this is my cat Jasper, and I love him. I have paintings of him. Yeah, I love this cat. And you're like, yeah. all right, good for you, <laughs> number nine. <laughs> shit. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. Like after all the Tur- shit that he dealt with with Rothbart. No kidding. He's turned. He's turned his life around. He's turned over yeah. a new leaf. He finally gets to live the good life. He's no longer getting frozen to death in the snow and having people be like, shoo, get out of the way. Yeah, ew, the weird cat, get out of here. We're trying to make out under this mistletoe. Get out. Fucking fuck off, cat. I don't care if you're dying. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm happy for him. I'm glad he has a a nice home now with a really cool, like, (laughs) not to skip to the complete ending. Mm Mm-hmm. But the bit where the the king reveals that he's known the whole time, and like he says, uh, like he knows that Antonio and Niccolo, the two counts, are really popular with the citizens, and he's mm-hmm. like, "I've been watching you and and gathering evidence on you because when men like you, like popular men like you, you have to catch them red-handed." I'm like, that's actually some like. <laughs> Some like political machinations from this king we've known for twenty minutes. I yeah. kind of love this. Like, <laughs> it's kind of incredible. It, it's honestly it's great because up to that point, when talking with King Sebastian, he kind of comes off as like the bumbling naive yeah. king, yeah. especially because a lot he's very focused on <laughs> trying to get number nine because. <laughs> um, he, he number nine. Uh, as as we find out later, Puffin basically like has browbeat him into like helping out. Yeah. But the the king doesn't know where he went, so he's like, he's I've lost my cat. Can you help me find my cat? He's so focused on his cat that he comes across, yeah, just like kind of like he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Very yeah, yeah. easy to dupe. So for him to turn it around at the very end, um. It's great. I love like, it. I, like I want to know that story. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, what was I want to I want to see behind like I want to see the king becoming suspicious and then learning all these things and being like I cannot I cannot just uh I can't arrest them without, you know, due cause because the citizens uh really like these two counts and they're very pro- they're very popular with the people. So I can't, I have to like lie in wait and set up these traps and and mm. have my own spies and blah 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 and I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like that's like that's the intrigue. That's the, yeah, that's the good stuff over there. That's like the actual. That's that's the actual spy movie happening <laughs> off screen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. God. But yeah, that's sorry. I I didn't want to skip to the end too fast, but I did immediately because I no, just had no. to. I had to say that I just kind of love that bit. Oh, good. Honestly, this is 
I we we tend to jump around a lot, anyways. Yeah. But I I will say this is one movie that I I almost wish we could go scene by scene, because Man. there's just like all these little things to comment on in this film. There really is. I I tried to focus on the big picture stuff, but yeah, there's just like some weird little dumb moments. Oh god. I almost didn't take that many notes because I was just so in Swan Princess fashion, just utterly bamboozled. <laughs> just oh, absolutely flabbergasted. Just you wait, just you wait. Oh my god. Oh god, oh no. Because here's here's the thing, is after um after that, I because it's been a while since I've seen this one, so I didn't remember that Uberta proposed to Rogers at the end of the film. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I had to go back and check Swan Princess 8 because I was like, does that get mentioned at all? And I've just completely forgotten about it. Uh-huh. Um, so I, after after rewatching Swan Princess 7, I did rewatch Swan Princess 8. <laughs> and holy shit. Get ready for Swan Princess 8, you guys, because I, <laughs> it was just uh-huh. baffling. There's just, there's, there's just stuff in that story that I was, as I was watching it, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to summarize this. Because in any other movie, I would cut mention of this shit out, but the movie does things that requires me to mention, I like, I would have to mention some of the bullshit. And, and it's just... That might be like a, a ten minute summary, just I don't know. It was just oh my god. Oh, I'm I'm excited. I know we gotta pace out these Swan Princess movies because yeah. like we can't watch ten until uh, it's <laughs> until the world calms its shit down and I can come to Calgary for a movie night and we can kidnap Steve to do it. Yeah, force but, him um, <laughs> force him to watch and hopefully podcast with us. Yes. But uh I'm excited for whenever we we get around to Swan Princess Eight. <laughs> yeah. Can I can I just say I gotta call out Steve because for some reason that fucker <laughs> just, just like last week because I I last last time we talked about Swan Princess I of course like I I I ended up I posted a clip of me threatening Steve <laughs> that we were coming for him because we're getting closer and closer to Swan Princess Ten. And as per our agreement, he has to watch it with me. And for some reason, he decided to go back to that tweet just to remind me that I still haven't seen Swamp Princess 10. Oh, like just to fuck, That's just, just to rude. Break, just to brag about it, the little shit. <laughs> I, t- I told him that I've been... <laughs> For the amount of time that I've waited, I think I've earned him watching more Swan Princess movies with me. Well, by the time we get it, hopefully, maybe there'll be 11 also. That's what he we can, said. We can make it a double feature. That's what he said, and it makes me mad. Because <laughs> if, if Swan Princess 11 comes out, and I still haven't seen Swan Princess 10, I'm going to have to make the decision whether I watch Swan Princess 11 without having seen 10. <laughs> and as we have no, seen No, the this continuity. Film, that's the thing. As we have seen with this film, the continuity is so important right now. It's essential. You need to, I, when you told me, when we started doing this and you were like, no, we have to watch this one princess movie is like in order because there's continuity. I was like, what do you mean? 
Yeah. What do you mean there's continuity? And it, that's just, that's what it is. That's yeah. completely what it is. This film, this film's a prime example of that because if you hadn't seen Swan Princess 4 and Swan Princess 6, like, with Lucas, you're not going to know who Lucas is, but you could probably get after a while, okay, he's like the friend to the swan, you know, he's, yeah. he's the friend of Princess Elise. You don't really need to know his backstory. Um, you're not gonna know, you're not gonna have any idea who number nine is, or no. like, any mention of Rothbart or whoever, um, and you're not gonna have any fucking context for that, for that very final scene of Antonio ending up on the island of the bogs <laughs> and the whole bogs kitchen bullshit. Oh man, I knew, I knew as soon as he was like getting off the boat onto an island, I'm like, oh, it's that island. Here it is. Here it I is. knew, I knew it. They made so that ridiculous. island asset and they need to reuse it as much as possible. I mean, the, in this one, they made a whole new city. So like, yeah, I wonder if use that's that too. be appearing again. Ah. <gasps> Christy, do we go back? Do we get to see more of, of king political machinations over there i i'm not gonna is, I'm not gonna is number nine coming back more i'm not gonna say too much but i i will <gasps> say that it, you know it i mean it would be a shame to have all of those assets and not do anything further with them <laughs> yes good yes. i can't wait oh God, so yeah, look, look forward to Swan Princess 8. I'm not gonna lie, I probably will try and fit it in sometime this year, but my, not probably won't be until the later half of the year. Oh. Space them out. Man. God. Can, can we go through Antonio's plan? Because... Uh-huh! I'm a little, I'm a little confused. His, his whole plan is mm-hmm. so wild. It, it, it starts off, I guess, maybe kind of making sense, but also not because, okay, so he, he broke the dam to give Uberta's kingdom a reason to collect donations. And then Uberta would then send the donations via boat to Trumbo, which is a landlocked kingdom, by the way. Don't know how that's going to fucking work. Send a boat to there. Uh, I died. I digress. Yeah, wait, hang on. They showed a no, fucking no, map. They yeah. showed a map and it's completely landlocked. Well, I don't know if they were planning on sending it to um, Borromeo first and then going through Borromeo to Trumbo? No, because Trumbo is on, the, is on the water. Borromeo is... The one no. that's inland, because when no, they no, show no, no, the no. map of of the kids going around to deliver the toys to Trombo, no. they they split off and go farther inland to Borromeo. No, no, no. Borromeo is on the coast because that's where they launch the submarine from, and they have a port there. But Trombo is also no, no, no. Wait. Trombo, Trombo. I oh my god, I. Oh, the, oh god I the geography say, I, of the swan princess universe i oh my god how long will it take me to open up the deep the file of the movie and then find because <laughs> it's it's no you you are correct in that it forks but the fork oh oh okay yeah i'm looking at it now too 
Yeah. Yeah. Wait, how are they getting their ship over? <laughs> yeah. It maybe fits. there's a, maybe there's a river. Um that they a river maybe, that they they didn't bother to depict on this map. They didn't put it on the map. It's now maybe there wasn't a river before, but now be since that big dam <laughs> broke. Is it the dam? <gasps> oh my god. Oh no. Oh also god. the the oh my god. The fact that he like <laughs> Their whole town, their whole village just gets, like, they're they're in the shadow of this massive dam. dam. Yeah. I'm like, that seems like poor planning. Yeah, this seems like an accident waiting to happen. Like, a, a giant wooden dam. Yeah, medievally constructed giant wooden dam. Yeah, no thank you. Seems, but y- seems Ill- ill-advised, but I don't know, I guess I... I don't live somewhere with a lot of dams around I, me. Yeah, maybe this is completely normal. I don't know. Maybe but it's it just, completely normal. But it just, I, yeah, it just makes it very strange. But to get back to Antonio's plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Uberta would send the boat somehow <laughs> to the landlocked kingdom of Trumbo. Uh huh. But then Antonio would hijack the boat, presumably while disguised, and take all of the gold. And then the gold would be given to Niccolo, seemingly in exchange for Niccolo doing away with King Sebastian so that Antonio could take his place. And presumably, everything would be done very hush hush, so nobody would know there's anything nefarious going on. Right. But then. Antonio starts romancing Uberta to the point that Uberta is willing to marry Antonio and make him king of her kingdom. And, right. and of course, as we see, to demonstrate this, Uberta gives him the keys to the castle. To literally which, everything in the castle. Everything yes. in the castle, which Antonio then immediately goes and uses the keys to steal all of the gold. Yeah, he's like, well, I guess I don't have to wait around for you to put this on a ship. I'm just going to put it on my ship and skip a step. Yeah. Which, I mean, well, fair enough. But then, right there, Antonio just revealed the whole the whole scheme. Like, he reveals that he's a bad guy. So what was he expecting to happen after that? Uh... That, he, that he'd just go back to Borromeo with the stolen gold and Huberta wouldn't say shit about it? I, maybe. Maybe that, maybe he was like, she's going to be so fucking embarrassed. She's going to be so upset and embarrassed she won't say anything. (laughs) And instead, instead she's like, I'm out for revenge, fuck you. Yeah, that that is a great moment. I do like I did laugh out loud at that moment. Because she's like, been left essentially at the altar. Mm -hmm. And Derek's like, don't worry mom, like time will heal all wounds. And she's like, yes, time and revenge. And it Jenny just cuts to her at the like the the front of the boat with a sword. And I'm like, yeah. holy shit! Like she's ready to fucking cut a bitch. Yeah, it's <laughs> he's gonna murder that man. It's great, but it is. It's just, yeah. I don't. I don't understand his plan. Like assuming assuming that things go according to plan, and he makes it back to Borromeo with the gold, and he becomes king again. You don't think Uberta would have said something about that? I, I maybe she would, but it wouldn't matter. But like, he could have, they could have just done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how does this fucking work? What was he doing? Maybe he got, 
Maybe he just, he literally just got too cold of feet. He was like, I'm gonna, I don't want to marry this woman. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go now. I gotta go. I gotta steal the gold. And then, I, yeah, again, maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe she'll be so embarrassed that she won't tell anybody that we just fucking stole all her gold and she won't, like, suspect when I'm suddenly king of the neighboring kingdom. It was yeah. a bad plan. It was a it, bad plan. It was it was it was it was bad and it was overcomplicated. They yes. had they had the potential to do a decent, albeit kind of formulaic movie, but I think in the desire to spice things up, they just needlessly complicated things. They should have just had it where Antonio was just a grifter who had a habit of going from kingdom to kingdom smoozing his way into the life of some wealthy noblewoman only to steal from her and then vamoose so you know he yeah. just he, he just finds the next kingdom changes his backstory and he just repeats that and and that could have been the plot where just rogers elise and lucas teaming up to investigate him and revealing that it's a scam like i i <laughs> I think it's just, it's the whole, st <laughs> the, the stuff in Borromeo that feels like it overcomplicates it. Because it establishes yeah. that Antonio has done this a lot of times. He's still somehow, you know, he keeps it on the down low. So he's normally, like, very, Quite skilled like, at it, apparently. Yeah, quite skilled at hiding it, keeping it under suspicion so that the, the you know, polite society in Borromeo has no idea. Yeah. That that he's he's this big douchebag and yet based on Hubert's experience he apparently goes around giving his full name and home address <laughs> to the people he's scamming <laughs> and it somehow has never come back to him i mean i i don't know i don't worry about it listen i don't i'm going to worry about it i'm going to worry don't about worry. it why are you no no it's fine like this, this just this should have gone. Well, if okay, <laughs> if if you're gonna have if you're gonna have this, the kids should have gone to Borromeo and they start trying to inquire about Count Antonio, and they're told there's no one in Borromeo named Count Antonio. Or you know, in my yeah. imaginary redo of the film, it's Rogers going at first, and he's asking that, <laughs> and maybe that's what that's what gets that's him what captured. Yeah, that's what tips people off. It's like, oh, someone's asking about Count Antonio. Yeah, and then Niccolo captures him and, and you know, tries to prevent him from spilling the beans. Yeah, it's just, I don't get it. It should have, yeah. If if you're not going to do the spy thing competently, just have this be <laughs> a guy trying to scam his way into, you know, becoming king or stealing from Uberta and it's just a thing that he's done to countless other rich widowed uh arist aristocrats queens, queens or arist aristocracy that's a hard word for me for some reason Arist aristocracy aristocracy yes. aristocracy thank you i did it you did it haha -ha, speech therapy <laughs> You triumphed. I did it. I've solved it. But yeah, just I just yeah. There's this I, yeah. This movie is just kind of a mess. It's yeah. kind of just absolutely a weird mess of a plot. 
it's a that bad... doesn't make a lot of sense as soon as you poke it yeah. from any direction. It is a house of cards. <laughs> One strong like sneeze will bring yeah. it down, but yeah. And it's it's a really bad sign when in one movie we could come up with two hypothetical rewrites <laughs> that are very drastically different. We can we can usually I think that I feel like we've done this before for other Swan Princess ones though. Where it's like if we just re especially the I think it was the pirate one that we could we found mm-hmm. ways to like completely rewrite it so it felt a little better. But, but that like one, that yeah. that one was like I, I feel like uh, I guess that's true because we we didn't really have a place for the bogs at all in our rewrite, did we? Because <laughs> we had the strange notion that a movie called Princess T- Tomorrow Pirate Today should have actual fucking pirates in it. <laughs> Groundbreaking. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, man. This movie, it's just... This movie is just a series of flimsy, flimsy plot points. And oh, yeah. Like, what's the deal with Elise and and the sword? Oh, right. Yeah, because it's, it's revealed that um, one of the things that apparently ages ago or at some point or something, um, one of the things that Antonio stole from somewhere was uh, Princess Odette fathers so like the the old kings the deceased king's sword mm-hmm. and Niccolo just wears that shit on his hip like yeah, that's part of his everyday ensemble like he's like wearing it around mm-hmm. <laughs> so like there's this plot point about how it's like she's trying to get his sword back yeah but it only, that goes like, nowhere it just kind of it shows up it seems to exist only because they wanted to give Elise motivation to stay in Borromeo after they yeah. escaped Niccolo the first time. Because they they are fully prepared to leave. And they even, like, the, the characters talk amongst themselves how, like, they agreed that we should leave now because we've just found out, we've confirmed that Antonio is a bad dude and he's going to try and steal the gold. So we need to go so we could stop that. Yeah. But Elise has to stop everything and she says she can't leave Borromeo until they get her grandpa's sword back. And and that's, that's immediately that's, resolved right after. Because they basically, yeah. they, they just take number nine and they go back to the castle and return him to King Sebastian. And, in ret- and as reward, Elise asks for the sword. And she even does it in such a way that she's like... Oh, it must have like fallen through some hands and quite quite by accident. I know yeah. uh, like Niccolo has this sword, but I I'm not accusing him of anything, but I'm pretty sure it's his sword, so I would like that back. Yeah, like she's trying to cover for Niccolo for some reason and I don't yeah. know if it's like supposed to be this weird thing where she doesn't feel like she can accuse him outright because she doesn't have solid evidence, which I guess is what the king is also doing. Yeah, but which, like, that's a little that's a little too. I I feel like that's like that's too logical for someone Elise's age. Like it feels yeah. Like wouldn't she just go? You know, like we just escaped. Your your marquee there is a bad guy, and he just yeah. Like, he he literally came down while we were like chained in a cave mm-hmm. by like 
uh, Antonio's lackeys, Niccolo came down and gloated and threw some bread just out of our reach so some rats could eat it in front of us and then left us there. Like, why didn't she say that to the king? Yeah. I, I it just, I don't know. Maybe and she it, was also like, he is too much of a bumbler. He won't believe me. Yeah, which would make sense, but you need to have that scene in the film where she tries to tell him, I think something's up with Antonio, and he disregards her. And, yeah, and, and or said, something. Something to set up in her mind and to show to the audience, like, to, just to justify. Because, that, yeah, like, it would make sense if she goes, oh, I don't think we could trust the king. Yeah. And and yet, it, like it just it doesn't make sense. It's so weird to see her go back and not just be like, "Hey, he's a bad dude. Can you lock him up?" Yeah. Can can we tell you what just happened to us? Like what your yeah. your person, what this guy did? No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then I don't and, know. and then they just the king the king makes uh, Niccolo give the sword back, and yep. then. Th she doesn't even have it at the end because they're they are going to steal the submarine and they get caught by bruno bruno the chauffeur mm -hmm. and he they're like why are you helping him like blah 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 and bruno seems like such an interesting like everyone from this other kingdom <laughs> seems like so much more interesting characters yeah because <laughs> it's, it's like he's the chauffeur but he's shown as being like really kind and like like yeah. like like he's got some like weird hidden depths to him because they're like why are you doing this and he's like sometimes you make a decision that can never be unmade or something like that and he takes the sword and he leaves them there stop you don't know what count antonio was up to i assure you i do then how can you do this because sometimes one makes a decision that can never be changed. No, Senor Bruno, please! I'll be back with Niccolo. You can share your concerns with him. Hey, where are you going? Stop, stop. Like he leaves them trapped in, in the submarine hangar bay in a net. <laughs> yeah. But like, you're like, what is the deal with this guy? Yeah, like, what's the story there? He's clearly not like evil because like when when the two kids run away at first he's got these two like doberman looking dogs with him mm -hmm. and so he gives them like he gets them to track their scent but he's like don't hurt them like d find the children but don't hurt them yeah and you're like is this dude like is he okay like is he a good dude like and that just doesn't know or what's going on like is he under some kind of is there some reason he's he's like this but it's never explored don't worry no, about it don't I, don't worry about it I, I want to know about bruno the chauffeur yeah we want to talk about bruno i want to talk about bruno <laughs> like they're in trouble at the end and bruno has to make a decision to like yeah. side with them or antonio or like even before that you need like you need like a scene where bruno's like like i don't know maybe he's he was antonio's the family butler and he raised antonio 
from a like you know like a yeah, uh, like Alfred some... and Batman thing. Alfred and Batman thing, except if Batman uh, was a con artist. Uh, yeah, it just, I there's I want to like because he's set up so well to be like. Even the first time he meets Elise, she's like, he's kind of like the uncle every kid wants. Because he's yeah. like doing doing little sleight of hand magic tricks. And he gives her chocolate. And he's just like a, a friendly kind of guy. Yeah. like, this guy's cool. And then it's like, no, just kidding. I guess. I guess. But what is, but why? But what's the, what is the story? What is the decision you cannot unmake, Bruno? Tell me. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know about these strangers like me. <laughs> like, I, and the last you see of him is he takes the sword and he's walking away. And then number nine drops a flower pot on his head and he's knocked out in the street. And then you never see him again. Yeah, I guess he's just dead. <laughs> guess he's fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> just, damn. Okay. Oh, like number nine doesn't even do it. doesn't even take the sword. He just sees that Bruno had the sword and he's like, oh, that means that the kids are in trouble. And yeah. then he goes and helps the kids, which makes sense. But also that just means that Bruno gets left on the cobblestones with a sword. Yeah, just bleeding Unconscious, out. Unconscious, bleeding out. Yeah. What happened to Bruno? Yeah. Just, <laughs> God, we just, the movie we... didn't want to talk about Bruno. No, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> God. Uh, everybody go watch Encanto it's really good Encanto's really good <laughs> I really enjoyed Encanto I, I enjoyed the hell out of it you guys um, and and to make it topical if we want to go into a bad princess movie tangent if we want to make it topical um, please while I was watching the movie I uh, Mar- Mirabelle's dad I was like uh-huh. his, his voice is familiar and, and of course I, I realized after is uh he is voiced by Wilmer Valderrama, who we talked about last year around this time, as he was the lead male character in the movie <gasps> Charming. Oh my god! <laughs> I, and it's funny because I remember I, I don't recall shit. I don't recall if we talked about his voice performance specifically in that one, but if we didn't, the short form of it is that it was very stilted and not super great. And so hearing him in Encanto, he was so good as as, yeah, as Mirabelle's I dad. Didn't, I didn't recognize him at all. It, so I'm impressed that you did. It just goes to show that I think sometimes you could have somebody who can be a very good voice actor, but if they aren't getting the direction or support or whatever... Yeah. It just they could deliver a bad performance. So it was really nice to hear him in Encanto and know that okay, there is like a good voice actor in him. It's just something about their production of Charming just wasn't able to bring it out. <laughs> I what? Hmm. Well, didn't he also like produce that one? Oh god, I wasn't can't he remember. behind part of? Anyway, <laughs> I got, I got it. It's been too long. It's been a minute. It's been it's been a, like a year ish, almost. I don't remember anything. So <laughs> it's just... that's wild, though. I'm glad you were able to tie it back into the theme. Yeah, of the, I... uh, of the podcast. Well done. Well yes, done. Thank you. I pulled a I pulled a 
uh, page out of Mike from the Advent Calendar podcast. Advent Calendar House podcast. I put it. I yeah. took a page out of his playbook there. I, f- I fucking, I seamlessly brought it back. You I did, did it, Mike. <laughs> you did it. Congratulations. I, I did it. Anyway, Encanto's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. you, should, you should watch Encanto if you can. Um, oh, you do it. Anyway, Bruno. Also, go go watch Luca because that one is cute too. Oh, Luca's really good. It was really. Cute. I really liked Luca. Those were, I, those were both really good. They they were, and in both movies, there's a thing about Brunos. Oh, there is. Because in Luca, it's the Silencio Bruno. Yeah. Huh. All, it all comes together, you guys. It all comes together. We're tying it all together. It, Not, it, like, plot-wise or anything, like, just by the name Bruno. Yes, the the one the one thread that binds <laughs> us. <laughs> Man. <sighs> but yeah, so everything in in that country, in that little in that little country, I I want to know more about them. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to that in Princess Swan Princess fourteen, <laughs> the expanded universe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it starts you... becoming like an Avengers thing. Oh God, I. I, I'm not gonna lie, honestly, after watching Swan Princess 8, I was seriously, I was like, should we just do Princess Swan Princess back to back? Just so that I don't have to wait like half a year. <laughs> about it? Just wait. Not maybe maybe not half a year, but give it a couple months. Yeah, yeah. Space give it a couple it months. Sp- space, space it, it out. out. Space it out. And then maybe around Christmas time. Oh God! Fingers crossed. We can have a, a. We can then watch Swan Princess ten. Oh God! If again we would have to, we would have to bum rush you to watch in watch in nine because I know for certain that Swan Princess ten is a direct follow up to the events of Swan Princess nine. Oh my God! <laughs> we must keep continuity, Brie. Must keep continuity, except for those ones two and three that we did not watch. Yeah, and except that I have you- never seen. Yeah. And except for Uberta proposing marriage to Rogers. Don't, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't God, worry about we, it. We will have to circle back to the first three Swan Princess films. Eventually. Yeah. I, be- if anything else, if nothing else, I am like, I am looking forward to rewatching the first one. Because that had been the only one I had seen before. And yeah. I remember enjoying it a great deal as a child. So I- one day, eventually, we'll get back. Maybe next year for my birthday, because not this year. We got we got a plan for this year. I'm already excited for that one. Yeah, we got we got plans. I have plans for you, but um. Oh boy. But we, yeah, it's. I definitely want to check out that first one. It's, it's funny because I remember there's a lot of things. There's still things to make fun of, but I also oh, of feel course. like it's just it's a far more competent, <laughs> competent film. But I think the tone is a lot more. Not yeah. like adult, but just a bit more mature. Yeah, that's not hard though. No, no, it's, <laughs> that's a low bar to clear right now. Yeah, I mean, still though, there's we we make fun of them, and they are bad. But these one princess sequels generally have all had something in them where I'm like, this this amuses me. Like, when you tell me that it's a Swan Princess episode, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, baby, it's time. 
Let's go. <laughs> Injected into my veins. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because I was I was very much like, what do we start the what do we start this season on? And what what's the the, the yeah. inaugural movie of this? And I don't know why I hesitated so much. And I, but it, it took me a bit before I was like, why don't I just do a Swan Princess movie? Like fuck, like what? That just seems so. Why not? Seems so obvious in hindsight. <laughs> no shit. What better way is there? Yeah. <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> it all comes back around, oh, man. So, yeah, tried it together. So fuck it on point. This oh, episode. you're doing so good. So fuck it. Thank you. Thanks. God. Amazing. <sighs> do do we want to take some time <sighs> to talk about these spy gadgets in this? Oh my god. I guess. These spy gadgets, which are really just like the same gadget kind it's just it's a weird it's a weird gimmick. It's a Rog- weird, weird gimmick. Lord Rogers' big thing is that he has made various spy gadgets for the kids. They do different things, but they're all presented in the form of bow ties. Yeah. Or or like at least this is the necklace. Oh yeah, that's true. It's just he's got like seven different bow ties that like I guess he gives to to Lucas, and it's just and like, like one of them blows wind really hard, but only in one direction, so it doesn't send him flying away. It just sends anything in front of him flying away. Yeah, and somehow his little ten year old legs can like stand there oh, yeah. and and be firmly planted. Yeah, yeah, uh, and one of them. Gives him an entirely new outfit. It's like a costume one, just out of out of thin out of air. Thin air, yeah. There, there isn't even like just do a smoke effect, like something. No. C- cover up the costume change. No, it looks so weird. His clothes <laughs> just literally change. It looks like yeah. an animation error. <laughs> it looks like somebody <laughs> forgot something and they didn't want to go back and re-render the scene. Well, I mean, it, it's like, I had to check. But it does like a, like a flash. Oh, that's bullshit. It does, it like flashes. No, that's not. <laughs> it looks so weird. It's just like instantly he just has a different outfit on and it's bad and I hate it. And he has what, what, like another bow tie that um blows up. There's the blows up. The woe tie. And, and Elise is like, why is it called um. the woe tie? And it blows up. And they're like, whoa. Whoa. Oh my god. So he has all these, like, fancy fancy bow ties that do a bunch of random shit. And she gets a necklace that creates a spoke bomb. Bomb. Yeah. Bomb. On command. And grows it back. every Between cuts. Yeah, yeah. It's between just, scene, scene cuts. <laughs> just the worst thing ever. Why would they do this to themselves? Just like an audit. Like, they're just like saying, okay, we don't give a shit about continuity errors in well, the film. Well, no. Don't worry about it. That's not important. No. And then there's there's a weird part. I gotta highlight this moment because they uh-huh. so they're they're outside of the castle, and they're they're trying to like figure out how they could gain entrance to see King uh-huh. Sebastian. And for some reason, Elise is like, "We gotta take off our spy gear and leave it outside." Yeah. Why? 
I don't know, because it's like it's it's secret and hidden under their clothes. Like you can't mm. see it on the models up until that point. Yeah. And it's not like they get like searched on their way into the castle. They just kind of show no. up at the door and, and Elise is like, I'm a princess, let me in. And they go, Oh, okay, sure. And yeah. it, it again, it just seems to exist because they need a reason why later on they can't immediately escape the jail cell. Because yeah. they need to, uh, for some reason, they decide they need to be there for a few hours before Anton- or before Niccolo shows up. And then after Niccolo leaves, because um, their, their jail cell has a skylight. <laughs> and I, for- I forget if we ever see, like, where the skylight led to. Nah, um, don't worry about it. If somebody's just like on the street and they're just looking down to the sewer and there's like these two children down there. These two children in chains. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's weird. Hmm. Anyways. Hmm. Strange. Need more more bread. (laughs) But, um, number nine and Puffin show up and they give them back their spy gear and then they use that to escape, which just begs it. Like, what was the point? Why did you take it off? Uh, uh, They needed something to build tension in the film. I guess, but they could have just, they could have just had them keep the spy gear on, be imprisoned, like they can't, you know, they can't, their hands aren't free, they can't use their spy gear right away, they get thrown in, Antonio comes, or sorry, Niccolo comes to gloat, and then once they leave, they're like, let's just bust out. Like, just like, keep the plot moving, why do we need to like, put in this like, I don't know. In I don't universe, know. This in universe, we need we need it to be night. I guess. I guess because they need to get the message to Rogers by somehow shining. Oh my god! <laughs> this is this is this is where you would want a spy gizmo, Rogers, or something, Rogers, some, some form of easy communication. But instead, they set up this thing earlier in the film where Lord Rogers uses a mirror to uh, like do Morse code, shining a light to oh, it's Lucas. Like, it's like Lucas and him using like shutter lamps, like shutter yeah. lanterns yeah, yeah. to like send signals to each other from across a big field. Yeah, which is that's, that feels completely plausible. Makes sure. sense. Yeah. But then with... um. <laughs> When they're like, we gotta send a message to Rogers while we're in Borromeo, they they send uh, Puffin to fly as high as he can with with the mirror, so that they could then they use the the sword to shine light so that it bounces off the mirror that Puffin has, and 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 so that Rogers can apparently see that from an entire fucking kingdom away. Yeah. Good, good thing he just so happened to be standing in the right direction and looking yeah. out at the night sky at that exact moment. Well, they even say, now we just have to hope that he has a reason to look in the sky. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and thank thank God that he was just, he just so happened to be, he's just kind of like screaming to the sky about how Lucretel <laughs> is going to marry Antonio. God. I just, oh, we need to talk about his disguise. 
Oh, his his creepy, complete Uberta disguise? Yeah, which I... Th- we we gotta go back to the very beginning because... Yeah, so he he disguises himself as Uberta. But before that, he we see him in his workshop and he's like, oh, I must do something. And so he... He, he starts to prepare the disguise, and he just pulls out. He's already got a full replica of Uberta's wig, already yep. completed, and just waiting. For yep, what? Just, just sitting in his drawer. Just, what are you, what, why did you do that, Rogers? Why do you, hey, Rogers? Hey, Rogers? What, what? the fuck? Why do you have that already made? <laughs> That's, Why was that ready? That's another part of the, this is where, again, where I'm like, I'm not sure about this OTP anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little weird, Rogers. <sighs> but hey, then, Rogers? Why? 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 But then Why? he starts, he's got the wig ready, but he doesn't have the mask ready. So he has to, he starts trying to, like, I sculpt it out of, like, fantasy whatever liquid plasticine yeah liquid latex something but he's like sculpting with it anyways his disguise is of course absolutely perfect and so he decides he's going to intercept antonio's marriage proposal disguised as uberta um but while i I, I guess (laughs) i guess but while he's doing that while he's talking to antonio the mask starts to melt. Um, and so, um, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At first, it's just, like, the nose starts to, like, melt and droop. It's, like, it gets attached to, like, because he, he, he pokes his, his head right up against Antonio's face. And the nose comes off, but Antonio doesn't seem to notice that. Um, but then... Uh, apparently. Apparently. You'd think that would be a, a big deal. You, um... But what should really be a big deal is that I guess the eyeball was also latex. I guess? Like, he's he's like, I can't marry you because I have leprosy. And then turns around and the eyeball is melting out yeah. of the face. And it looks and fucked horrid. up. It looks horrid. You literally see it. <laughs> like, this, this eye just, like, bulging out of her face. Out, out of what looks like Uberta's face. It bulges out and then just slides and drops onto the ground with a splat. It's it's messed up. Like, it's it's a very <laughs> uncomfortable little bit. It looks fucked up. <laughs> and, like, nobody, like, comments nobody on Nobody comments it. on this. Because immediately weird. Uberta shows up and she's like, kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. Like, oh god. Just weird. It's so bizarre. There there was another scene with, or another moment with uh, number nine at the docks, because of course there's a bunch of like fishermen around, and fishermen don't want cats, but so number Oh nine, yeah! There's signs, there's like no cat signs, but then you see there's they cut off cats' tails and they hung and, like, them up. And like string them up. As like I guess like trophies. As a ward eater something. Oh god. That's, it's so weird and fucked up. What I was like, it? what the fuck? Excuse it, me? It's fucking weird. It's not I was not expecting to see that in a Swan Princess film. No. It's a little harsh. I, yeah. It's oh what just, just wow. God.
Oh, what else is? I. You you talked about your your oh. laugh out loud moment earlier. Um, I'll share with you my biggest laugh. Uh-huh. Um, so while Elisa and Lucas are doing their investigation, so Rogers is back at the castle and he's creeping on Huberta and Antonio. Um, so Huberta and Antonio are outside near a pond and Rogers decides to throw Jean-Bob near them so that he could eavesdrop on their conversation. Of course, he's like, oh, won't be suspicious. You're a frog. You know, frogs go near ponds, whatever. Um, so he throws Jean-Bob, who lands with a big thud near Uberta, and upon seeing this random frog appear next to them, Antonio picks up, <laughs> picks up Jean-Bob, and then full-on home run slams him with an umbrella, and he goes fucking <laughs> flying. He, just, he picks up this fucking frog, does a little toss, and just, whoop <laughs> Just fucking sends him into like, the stratosphere. Like that was that. What the fuck? <laughs> I just I I had completely forgotten this moment, so it caught me so off guard. I laughed my ass off. It's so weird. And like and it's so ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Like in with any other character. It would have been absolutely cruel, but because it was Jean Bob and I Because fucking, it was Jean Bob and I fucking hate Jean Bob, it was it was hilarious. Oh man. Like imagine that if it was just an actual like a, a just a real like a normal frog. Like he, a normal frog. Exactly. Like if it was just a random frog that had jumped out of the pond yeah. and not like a, a wacky talking rubber frog. Yeah. Like if it was just a normal frog and you saw someone do that. That would be, I'd be like, you're fucked up, man. Like, what the fuck is shit. wrong with you? Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, no, it's, oh my god. That was amazing. Um, oh my god. I think the other laugh out loud moment I had <gasps> was um, when, so when Derek and Antonio start to fight on the boat, um, just prior to this. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, this, that move is so weird. Yeah. The song during the sword fight. Yeah, because so just prior to this, we get a song from Odette and it's the sad kind of mournful song where she worries about whether or not the kids are safe and how she misses them. Because at this point, they know they know the kids are in Borromeo, but Rogers is like, yeah, I sent your fucking 10 year old daughter to uh, a kingdom unsupervised. Now she's in trouble. Sorry, my bad. Um, yeah. So Odette is like worried sick. And she sings this this song about how much she misses her daughter. And that song ends. And Derek catches up with Antonio on the boat. And they're about to fight. And then Odette's song picks back up again. Yeah. And, and like, it fades out most of the, like, uh, ambient or, like, the sword fighting sound and yeah. it's just her singing this mournful song while they try have like this sword fight and i'm like this is so weird yeah it's just it's so totally dissonant that it's just like weird it's just so awkward and i yeah and yeah. i just started laughing at that like what the fuck oh yeah this? oh yeah that's that's one of the few notes i made is like this song over the sword fight and that's just what why yeah why is why was this why What's going on? Oh, so good. Yeah, th this movie's so this movie's weird with the songs because that, and there was one other song in the beginning where they're starting to collect the donations, and that was it for this film. Oh, and it yeah. felt 
like a very weird, I don't know, choice for a Swan Princess film. They, it's it's usually it's like you have at least three songs. Yeah, and maybe they're not good or long or important to the plot, but they're there. And this time they're like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's almost like an afterthought. Like, oh shit, we should try and show it somewhere. Some fucking music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh gosh, what else to talk about with this? One? Oh, I, I, I feel like if we went by scene by scene, we could go on for like f- f- several hours. Probably, but... I've got. I've got like a few just like random little bits to point out. If, okay. If you, um, so Odette doesn't have teeth for some reason. Oh no. I don't know if you noticed that, but I like, didn't notice. Yeah, just for some reason, she just doesn't. I I don't know if they're just not there. If they, I don't know. They just did something where her mouth is just like this pit of blackness from which oh, no light no. can escape because there's certain. Certain phonemes that if you are saying, yes. you expect to see the teeth. And on other characters, you see the teeth, but not on Odette. Bizarre. And it just makes it look weird. And I know she had teeth before, especially because in, in, in the Swan Princess Christmas, we got a good look at those teeth. Oh, yeah, we got a good look at them teeth. Yeah. it's It's actually, like, it's... I don't know what it is, but there's definitely you can feel different hands on um on the character models in this yeah. film because like it it feels like either there there was a change of of people at the studio or a change of studio completely, but like the old models the old characters versus the new characters have very different vibes to them. Yeah. I don't know if that's just so- something that I, I noticed because I, I noticed these things. Yeah. Something in the eyes particularly feels. Yeah. Dif- yeah. You know, but it feels like like they didn't they didn't change the old models to match the new or like try to make the new models match the old ones too closely. No. But like if you look between like Derek and Antonio, mm-hmm. you can just you can tell there's like a a different sensibility to these designs. But yeah. they were like we don't have the the we have so many ropes we need to deal with in this film. We don't have time to redo <laughs> the old characters. We just have to do a bunch of ropes. Mm-hmm. So, and God, oh my God. Mm-hmm. As a tangent, as a small tangent, as an animator. Yes. The fucking number of ropes in this film. I'm so, <laughs> I feel so bad. I feel so bad <laughs> for yeah, all of the animators having to deal with these ropes. Ropes are a nightmare. Oh yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. Just, just for anyone who might be curious, if you're mm-hmm. doing ropes in 3D or anything like like say a spider web for spider-man anything that's long and rope-like yeah fucking nightmarish absolutely the worst every time i saw a rope (laughs) when i was when i do a show i'm like fuck no i don't want to deal with that and sometimes you know what sometimes ropes can be rigged really super well and for those instances when i see that happening and and it's like it's like oh my god the rigging team did an amazing job 
but 95% of the time if I see a rope I'm like no yeah <laughs> don't give me that shot don't give me that shot I don't want to touch a rope I don't want to I don't want to deal with that rope oh, no or like if a character gets tied up you're just like oh no can we, can we please just have shackles please Please, like, please, 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 anything. anything. Well, and it's funny because there's one shot in this where Niccolo, when he betrays the king, the king is sitting in his throne and he like throws a rope over. <laughs> I, just, I hit my microphone. I'm so bim- <laughs> so so bad. <sighs> and he throws a rope around him and the chair, but you can see that the rope is already in like a circular sort of spring pose so he can just lower it down <laughs> over the chair. And I'm like, I understand, man. I yeah. understand. I, you know what? Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Not even, do it. not even hating. Just do it. Do I whatever can't, makes, no. makes your life easier, animator. Oh my God. I would have done the same thing. I would have found a way to make that happen. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Rogers in the last film, because he spent some time being tied up. Oh, yeah! Films, and it was like, I, I always I always love looking for those moments in animation where they're just like, okay, like let's just cut away so that we don't have to see the person interacting with this like rope or whatever difficult-to-animate object. That we uh, have oh, to absolutely. Absolutely. On- oh, God. On the subject of like little animation things, this is this is just a very quick thing that I kind of I kept laughing at in the movie. But Antonio has this single loose strand of hair that like <laughs> kind of dangles uh-huh. on his forehead. Uh-huh. And it was just really great because whenever he puts his hat back on, the that little bit of hair just gets sucked up into the hat. Yep. Just it just goes. It's up, so up back into the hat. It's adorable. Yeah. Just I got you. Hats are such a nightmare for 3D animation too. So like really? I was like, oh, oh. Any especially especially if they're having to cuz I noticed in this one there's a lot of hair sim going on on the newer characters too. Mhm. So he's got like the simmed hair then like anytime you take on or off a hat, you have to have it sit just right on the head and then they would also be dealing with like doing the hair sim and how it interacts with the hat mm. so ha- having him having the hair auto just like back up i'm like yeah i understand <laughs> just do it just i do understand it. completely like yeah. there's there's almost it would be such a nightmare to try and deal with it any other way oh man oh, it makes you wonder like why like why did they give him a hat like why did you do this to yourselves I don't. They wanted him to look like a dashing pirate. They they forgot the pirates in the last film. They're like, make this guy look like a pirate. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious if that was why they didn't have pirates in the last film. They were like, we can't handle hats. We can't do it. Well, if a hat is just staying on a head, oh, you could just that's yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah, then then you're already you don't have to move it around. Anytime that you have to have a hat that comes off and on again, terrible. Mm-hmm just so annoying they should have just like cut off screen anytime he went to go remove his hat and then cut back when it's off hey man i would have i would have been one of those people (laughs) on the team being like can we just can he just start taking his hat off and then we cut away and then he it's off in the next shot so i don't have to deal with this please i'd like to i'd like to go home Oh, God. Oh, 
ropes, hats. There's a lot in this film that is yeah. just. Whew, you did what, it. You you did it, guys. The movie got made. <laughs> what What's your opinion on tulips? Huh? Uh, they're fine. Oh. I guess so. I as the I'll I'll end on a rant here. Um, please, please do. But so Lucas's parents apparently have settled down in Odette's kingdom, and they've found success farming tulips. And I need to take a stand right here and tell the world uh-huh. that I think tulips are lame. <laughs> See, is it the flower? Yes, the flower. Of course, What's wrong the flower. with tulips? Here's the thing: is that they look beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. But they last for like maybe two seconds in the summer, and then they just <laughs> rot away. And unless you dig up the bulb and kiss it good night and, 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 and put a little magic blanket over it, it's a one and done plant. And you've spent all this money for a, a fucking flower that, like, if, if you blink and you'll miss it. It's, I just I can't so like and 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 adding to this, this is a this is a history tangent for y'all. But anytime I see a tulip, I can't help but think of the tulip mania craze from the 1600s, where tulips became this huge fad, and it was this literal it was an actual economic bubble where the prices of tulips were just absolutely batshit. People were going crazy for them, and of course, it eventually the tulip bubble crashed. And burned. And so while I know that the Swan Princess movies would never do this for Lucas's family, I can't help but picture this scenario in my head where a few years from now, they're just going to be financially ruined because they put all their money into tulips. No! So I got to take a stand. I hate, I don't like tulips. Don't do it. (laughs) There's better plants. Man. I mean, maybe they're just doing tulips for a while until they can get back on their feet. I because they were they were poor enough that they were <laughs> selling their not selling but like getting rid of their yeah. child in the last film. Yeah, here's I I can't spoil too much, but I, I will say that they continue the tulip farming for at least for the rest of the movies that I have seen. So okay. it, it is apparently, at least in Odette's kingdom, it is apparently a viable source of income. But yet, I still, I gotta take a stand and say fuck tulips. <laughs> you heard it here. My hot Chris- take. Christy fucking hates tulips. They're just, they're not worth it. And why do you buy them every year, mom? Because <laughs> your mom likes them. But there's, there's nothing wrong with liking tulips. And then she's like, "Look, my tulips are bloomed." And then, and then the next minute, she's like, "Oh, they're dead now." That's all flowers. That's any flower no! you buy. Bullshit. That's they're any all... flower. They no. all bloom for like a week, no, and then they they're don't. dead. That's how you flowers bad... work. No, you have bad flowers. That's how flowers work. You have you pick bad flowers. There are hardier flowers that will last a long time and they'll just keep growing over the summer season and you have these beautiful long-lasting flowers, not just this this fucking patch of dirt where you're where you're like that's where the tulips were 2 months ago. They were nice for 5 minutes and then they died and now I have this dirt. 
Listen, as someone whose favorite time of the year is cherry blossom time, which lasts for about two weeks, I am I am firmly on the side of enjoy your enjoy your short flowers. I don't like it. I don't like it. Enjoy it's your too, short flowers. It's too much effort. If I go through the trouble of planting something in the ground, that fucker better be there five years from now. Well, well, <laughs> it's an odd note to end end the episode <laughs> on, but it's what I'm going out with. <laughs> oh man, would, would you? You would? I, I'm I'm guessing you would recommend this one, eh? I think we both would. Well, yeah, I mean, look, if you're gonna watch a Swan Princess film, you you hopefully know what you're getting into for these. Yeah. And like, yeah, this is a good one. I, I I think I think the only one that I wouldn't maybe recommend as much was the last one. Yeah, but as you saw, I, we had to watch. But you it. need to see it. <laughs> we had to watch it because you wouldn't have known about Lucas or the bugs. You would be completely bamboozled. So yeah, no, this yeah. is this is a uh, go for it. Yeah, is, watch is... watch the Swan Princess films. With a, with a group of people that know you're going in for some just Bullshit. nonsense. Yeah, these they are always. I I hope I've expressed this sentiment before, but I hope the Swan Princess nev- movies never end because <laughs> I, I I love having this regular thing oh. to look forward to the next Swan Princess movie. It's like a special like little treat every couple of years, <laughs> except for when your friend fucking dicks you over. And <laughs> <laughs> and you just so happen <laughs> to make an agreement oh. that you get to watch the film together right before a global <laughs> pandemic spanning uh, two, two and a half, three years. Don't say that. It's Span- we're only hit two. Spanning Shush. five, ten, eleven no. years. No. Have a good. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm ending this podcast before Christy can up the number. If you Goodbye. want to follow us on Twitter, <laughs> we have a Twitter. You can find okay, us. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Say, yeah. say the Twitters, though. I did this. I, we gotta get better at these outros. We won't. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, that's that's a bad princess movie podcast, promise. It's a guarantee. They're gonna suck forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, oh. if you want to check us out on Twitter, we are at badprincessmov. Uh, if you want to send us a email, you could email us. Damn, please do that. <laughs> send us a message by emailing us at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. You got it. You did it. And, and if you want to look at the blog with all the other movies, it's badprincessmovies.com. Yeah, badprincessmovies.com. The catalog that I promise I will update, but I'm just very lazy. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's all the, the effort goes into podcasting, so it's it's the just <laughs> it's it's would you rather hear my melodious voice screech to you about how why I hate tulips, or would you rather read read <laughs> <laughs> summary that doesn't have a rat about tulips? <laughs> I think I made the right choice. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Thank you. Then you get to hear me wheezing also. Oh, yeah. 
that's the real that's the real takeaway. I hope we go yeah. on long enough that we could get somebody to make us a super cut of your wheezes. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh god. But uh oh. yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. Th- thanks for joining us on another Swan Princess adventure. Yes. Who knows what happens in the next one? Christy does, but I don't. Oh, and I'm excited. I we'll see wait. that sometime soon, probably, yeah. I guess. We, yeah, we'll see that later on in the year. But for now, goodbye. Goodbye.